what I'm talking about. Because for me, it has taken a lot of them. <laughs> Listen, I'm talking about the ones who have hugged me and the ones who have kicked my butt. The ones who encourage my crazy antics and the ones who say, whoa, you have crossed the line. <laughs> Those ones that, um, that tell me that I can do hard things and the ones that say, Amy, you have something in your teeth. <laughs> Listen, keep it up. We all need each other. I really appreciate that. If you guys have a chance today, um, I would just encourage you to reflect on all of the women in your life who have come alongside and done that for you and how you've done that for others and maybe get a chance to make a phone call and be encouraged by that. Amen? So we are currently in a series called Family Values. Family Values. The last two weeks, we have talked about how the two most powerful influences on the planet to display the heart of God to every generation are the family and the... Yes! Three weeks in, you guys got it. The family and the church. We have zoomed out to look at the values of time and love and story and mission as this kind of framework to pass on our faith to the next generation. We've looked at kind of those big concepts and what that could look like. So last weekend, we just got, uh, yesterday, my daughter Alyssa graduated from Northwest University, and so we were down there doing that. But the weekend before, she got selected to be the speaker at her baccalaureate. And um, when I called her, I'm like, how's your speech going? She's like, oh, mom, you're going to like this one. It's like, oh, no. Um, but she was right. I really liked it because what she ended up doing is using our, we have an Akaturo family mission that we created a long time ago. And she used it as her illustration. But as she talked about it, it um, brought back to me as I sat there watching her, now that she's growing up, sharing it with other people, it brought back to me the importance of building this framework, right? It is not too late. The importance of being intentional with these things. We need time, love, story, and mission as we influence the next generation. Okay, there it is. You guys see it? Here it is in all its glory. It's beautiful. It's lived a good life, mostly on the refrigerator. Hence the stains and whatnot. Um, but this came about like most of my best ideas after I read this really good book about how to create a family mission statement. <laughs> John is always like, what book are you reading right now? Because <laughs> he's never sure what I'm going to get him into. So we took the kids to a cabin that our friends have, and between skipping rocks and looking for sea glass, we had mission strategy sessions. They were very serious. I had a whiteboard and my marker in hand, and John was saying, sit down and be quiet. Your mother wants to talk. <laughs> sit down. Beautiful picture, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah, so we made this big list. So I had the kids say, okay, talk to me about what kind of family you want to be in. What does that look like? And talk to me about what kind of family you don't want to be in. Well, that list was much bigger 
They were having a lot of fun with that, like stealing toys and parents having favorites and the classic killing each other with a knife. That was a no-go. We do not want to be in that kind of family. I'm very grateful for that. That's at the bar real low. So later when it got quiet, uh, I kind of put together all their thoughts. And this is what we came up with. Here it is. So, Akatura, we are a team. We love God and each other. We are respectful with our words, our bodies. That's the kill with the knife. Our feelings of others, the property of others. We choose to obey. That was John and I's contribution. Uh, right away, all the way, and with a sincere heart. We are thankful. We got goals, people. Goals. We are thankful. We are generous with our grace and forgiveness, with our time and our energy, and with our stuff. Because we all need to learn how to share. Now, there could have been other things on this mission statement, right? Probably in my book, there was a lot of other ideas. It is not the perfect list, and I probably would, you know, change it as we've gone along and whatnot, but it is the best mission statement because it is one that we were actually doing, right? They say the best kind of exercise is the one you actually do. So at some point, we just start. We just start and we create. And here's the thing is that I know I'm perfectly aware that I am biased, but from my seat and every one of my kids, I can see each of these things growing in their lives. When we watched Alyssa walk across the stage yesterday, it came up, do I want to take the credit for that? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I want to take all of the credit. Is it mine to take? No way. No way. Why? Because God has loved each of them their whole lives. He has created them and invited them into his bigger story. He sent his son to die for their sins, and he has transformed them and continues to transform them by the power of his spirit. Also, he sent reinforcements in the form of a tribe. And that is what we're going to talk about today. Because um, when we want to influence the spiritual development of the next generation, we need each other, people. But buckle up, because it's always messy. Watch this video with me. Front row.
youth camp this summer. <laughs> Listen, if you have ever, if you ever get the opportunity to unload a fully loaded can of silly spray on a kid, do it. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I highly recommend it. Also, did anyone get anxiety from this video? <laughs> okay, together we're gonna breathe in and breathe out. Influencing the next generation and helping them find and follow Jesus is guaranteed to take you outside of your comfort zone. But don't forget what we talked about last week. We are made for this. We are made for a bigger story, which is always about the mission to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world. And it is always messy. Will you guys pray with me as we get started? God, I am so grateful that um, we always find you in the middle of our mess that you are not afraid or far off from mess. Although you make perfectly created order, you also are in the middle of these places. And God, I recognize that you are here in this space with us. Will you open our hearts and our minds to hear from you today, Lord, as we take these next moments, will you change us? We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, something all of us need is people. Humans need other humans. Everybody needs a circle, and every kid that you influence especially needs what we are going to call tribes. So tribe is our family value today. What exactly is a tribe? There are a lot of definitions. Um, it can simply be a group of people connected by something they have in common, their ideas, their experiences, their theology, a sports team. Think about it this way. We can define ourselves by tribes. So we can say things like, I'm a musician, I'm a believer, I'm a foodie, I'm a conservative, I'm a mom, I'm a student, I'm a biker, I'm a Democrat, I'm a reader. Tribes. So, but when someone finds a tribe over time, the role of the tribe plays um, in their life much more significant, it becomes much more significant. The tribe can have the potential to be like family or community. So for instance, John belongs to the 12th man tribe. Anybody notice? This tribe has played a significant role in his time, his emotional stability, and also our home decor. <laughs> this beauty, you want to bring that to me? This is live and in person. This came all the way from Ensenada, people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this did not come alone. Oh, no. There was a Seahawks backpack. There was a blanket that, to John's great delight, is big enough to be on our bed. <laughs> I suggested he would bring it to the office. Sorry about that. Where's Drew? <laughs> So what we do every week matters. 
who you are connected to matters. When you help the kids you influence feel welcomed into a tribe over time, you are actually helping them to develop a significant sense of belonging. Belonging is so important. Just like time and love, stories and mission, the values that we have been talking about the last couple of weeks, just like all of these are God's idea, so were tribes. Even in his story, we find that he used tribes over time to reveal himself to us and to continue to spread his message of love through tribes. He used tribes to accomplish his mission, to invite more people into a tribe of faith by trusting in his son and the message of his gospel story. Tribes. I have a picture here. If you want to deep dive into the 12 tribes of Israel that we talk about in the Bible, I found this great overview on overviewbible.com. We are not going to break it all down. Don't worry. But what we are looking at is far on your right side. No? That side? Sorry. Your left. On your left. Um, we see we are looking at the progression of 12 tribes of Israel starting from men and families who grew into a nation while they were in Egypt for 400 years. Okay, and over the course of time, they became a united kingdom under King David, which is your far right column. But that unity didn't last. Tribes, and, tribes are God's idea, but humans find all kinds of ways to mess it up. Healthy relationships have been hard since the beginning of time. We struggle with this. So they divided into two groups. They were Israel and Judah. But when Jesus appeared, he announced something new. A new kingdom. He selects a new set of 12. 12 apostles who represent a new Israel. And everything was great after that. No, that's not true. Because as humans, we tend to take what God has given us for the benefit of others, and then we use it for the benefit of ourselves. And that always creates brokenness. The religious leaders of that day, they were a good example of this. They missed the point that God had designed a community of faith to be inclusive and not exclusive. What is it about us that even though we are wired for relationship, wired to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, wired to worship the creator, we make it about us. Why are we bent towards pride and rebellion and individualization and isolation? Why do we find ourselves there? While the Pharisees seemed intent to make it hard to get into their tribe of faith, there was a lot of things that you had to do to be a part of their tribe of faith. Jesus showed up and he started inviting everyone and anyone to get into his tribe. 
In Luke 15, we see Jesus actually confronting the Pharisees about their destructive way of thinking. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke 15. Luke 15. Luke 15, 1 says, The tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. So Jesus told them a parable of the lost sheep, of a lost coin, and then to illustrate his point further, a lost son. So we're going to jump down to verse 11. So Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Happy Father's Day. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please just take me on as a hired servant. So that's what he did. He returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. He can borrow the Seahawks one if he wants. <laughs> Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. This youngest son, he left home prematurely. He was not thinking about his tribe. He wasn't thinking about a bigger story, about God's purpose for his life. He was thinking about getting his fair share, about building his own fortune, about finding a new and proved tribe, and leaving his mark on the world. Unfortunately, Due to a series of wrong decisions, he lost everything. It says he came to his senses and decided to go back home. 
And Jesus said, while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. Any of us looking in the distance, waiting to see if they're going to come? Filled with love and compassion, he runs to meet him and gives him a hug in spite of his odor and his mistakes. Because according to this father, my son was lost, but now he is found. My son lost his way, but now he's back to where he belongs. So he did two things. He gave the son a ring to remind him that he still belonged in this family. And then he threw him a party to assure him that he still had a community where he belonged. He stood in the gap between his son and this tribe. He wanted to share a clear message. There's still a seat for you at our table. There is a place where you are known, you are welcome, you are forgiven, and you belong. Don't miss the message in this parable. Jesus is revealing his heart in the midst of this crowd to the Pharisees, to everyone else who had come, who deeply needed to know that there was a place that they belonged. He's revealing his heart. He's saying, you are known, you are welcome, you are forgiven, and you belong. The idea of belonging is essential to our faith as Christians. It's essential to every generation, belonging. Our sense of belonging is rooted in a concept of grace. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, it says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, because of our bad choices, because of our mistakes, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Grace means this. You don't belong because you deserve to belong. You didn't earn your way in. Therefore, you're not going to mistake your way out. You don't belong because you deserve to belong. You belong because God has accepted and forgiven you. He has loved you your whole life. You are known by God in a way you are not known by anyone else. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knows your heart. And yet, he welcomes you into his tribe forever. His welcome never wears out. Listen, mine sure can. <laughs> if you're anything like me, when I get hurt or disappointed or offended, I don't feel like welcoming people to my table. But his welcome never wears out. Do you guys believe this this morning? 
because it's really important. Because the truth is, we can't go any further in helping the next generation follow Jesus if we don't believe this for ourselves. We can talk about it. We can tell other people that this is the truth. But if we don't believe it for ourselves, we can't go any further unless we believe in the core of who we are, that we are accepted and forgiven and loved and known by God. We will not help the next generation. We will not help our tribe. We will not fulfill what we are commissioned to do. It has to be in us. Listen, this generation desperately needs a new demonstration of what faith, church, leadership, and community looks like. They need a new demonstration, an authentic demonstration, a real demonstration. They need to experience grace. They need to experience stability. They need to experience faithfulness. They need to experience kindness, generosity, resilience. They need to experience a tribe of people in their world that knows at the very core what it means to belong. Because you belong to Jesus. So, when they show up broken or lonely or wounded, we can make sure that they know they have a seat at our table. Why? Because we've been given a seat at our Father's table. We need to be the kind of people in their lives who will give them a ring and throw them a party. Why? Because we've been given a ring, and friends, there is going to be a great party. In fact, Jesus said, even in Luke 15, that there is great rejoicing in heaven when we realize that we have blown it, and we can't do it anymore, and we've come to the end of ourselves. We come to our Father, and we say, forgive me. I have sinned against you, against heaven. We need a new demonstration of faith. Why is this so important? This is so important because I've looked in the eyes of mothers, dear friends of mine, who their 15-year-old daughters are self-destructing. This is so important because I know kids and teenagers who are wrestling and trying to find their way in this world. This is so important because we live in a post-Christian culture and we are the best shot the next generation has at finding Jesus. It doesn't get better out there. And faith in God, it's relational. It's not transactional. There's no code. 
There's no formula. There's no guarantee. Just us. All of us. And a God who sacrificed everything to prove his love for us. An open invitation to sit at his table where we belong. Worship team, will you guys head up this direction? (laughs) And for some reason, God chooses to use us. If it's up to me, I think that's a little risky. (laughs) Are you sure, God, about this plan? He chooses to use us. Even though, as humans, it is characteristic of us to create an image of him so narrowly defined that we can separate it completely from our culture. He still chooses to use us. Even though we make him like the good China. You know, he's valuable, but we only bring him out at holidays. That's who he's trusting with us. And when kids start leaving the house, no one wants to take it with them. Because there's very little connection to the good China. They didn't see him at the ordinary meals. The moments where real life happened. God does not want to be the good China. He wants to be part of our everyday lives. Week by week, showing up. So how do we do that? We've been talking about how we recognize that we have been given the gift of time. And that every week matters. We believe that being loved by God our whole life gives us worth. And in response, we show up and love the people in our lives week by week over time. And we remember, we remember our stories, our family story, our cultural story, but most of all, our God story. And we take the leap and say yes to the bigger story we were made for. And we pursue the mission that God purposed us for before we were even born. And we do this together. As a tribe that makes room for the lost at our table. Can we be a tribe that makes room for the lost at our table? As sons and daughters of the Most High, who don't doubt for an instant that they belong because they believe their father with everything in them, when he says, you are known, you are welcome, you are forgiven, and you belong with me. Will you guys join me as we pray?
as our heads are bowed, maybe this morning you're sitting here and you're missing your tribe. We just let Jesus comfort you as you lean in. Maybe you've been staring out at the distance for a while, waiting for them to come back home, waiting for someone to come back home, and you are willing to give them a ring and a party. You're willing to stand in the gap with your tribe for them. Hang on. Our God is faithful, and he is at work. Or maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that you remember that God always welcomes you back and so you decide to forgive and you welcome that person back to your tribe that has hurt you, that has offended you. Maybe it's time to reach out and welcome them back. Or maybe it's time to make some room because I know that there are people even in this room who have been praying for a tribe to be a part of. Maybe it's time for you to make, put that leaf in your table. <laughs> put, a couple extra, put a couple extra dishes on the table. Make some room for people in your life. And it's time, it's time church for us to be a new demonstration of what faith and church and community and leadership looks like. It's time. It's time. It's a new wine. All the crushing, all the pressing, all the hard things. Listen. It's making a new wine. We're in a new season. It's time to open our doors. It's time to welcome people back in. It's time to step out in faith. It's time. Because there's a whole generation that counts on it. God, we are so grateful that you are present in this room. We are grateful that this message that it's time is from you and it's for right now. We are so grateful for the incredible history we have with you, that you have given us story, that you reveal yourself through tribes, that you give us each other to learn how to forgive and how to love and how to be resilient and how to accept one another. God, if there's a place in us that we have been doubting, if there's a place in us that we have been feeling like we don't belong, Father, change it. Reveal yourself. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, that we can put that to rest. Father, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the people around us that you would again remind us the things that you have given us are for the benefit of others. Lord, if we have taken those things and kind of applied them to ourselves, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would re-inspire us, re-show us that we are made for a bigger story. 
And it's too small to make it about ourselves. Help us to step into what you are calling us to. As a church, as families, as a community. Just, Father, pour out your grace on us. We love you so much. Pray these things in your name. Amen.